This kick can decide it all. The nation holds its breath. Yes, Hi and welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a player called Andrew Morin, a 19-year-old midfielder currently at Brighton. Um, he's one that's been on the radar in Ireland for a while now, um, but I suppose we didn't do... I was thinking maybe to do a podcast on him, maybe not, um, because our podcasts are mostly to do with um, the road less travelled, i.e., going abroad as opposed to just going to England or Scotland, which obviously England-Scotland for a player is probably the best option, but um, everyone else is doing that already. So our niche is, you know, places that maybe wouldn't be well-travelled uh, routes by Irish players in the past. Um, so that was the only reason... Uh, didn't do a podcast to date on Andrew Moran, but uh, got a suggestion there from the Tweeting Seagull. Well, he did a piece on Andrew, um, he or she did a piece on Andrew Moran, um, and there was one bit in it there that I didn't know about, so uh, hence why we're doing the podcast now. So thanks to the Tweeting Seagull, very good piece, and I'll have the description in the, uh, his, a link to his his piece in the subscription and his Twitter. So anyway, uh, Andrew Moran, he's a 19-year-old midfielder, attacking midfielder from Knockline in Dublin. And he's, as I said, he's currently with Brighton um, and he made his debut in January for Brighton. So he started his career at local side Knockline United, um, not too far from Talla. And from there, he moved to St. Joseph Boys as a kid who are a feeder team for uh, League of Ireland side Bray Wanderers, where he subsequently went thereafter, joining their academy. In August 2019, as yes, only a 15-year-old, you heard right, he made his first team debut for Bray Wanderers in the first division um, in a match against Drogheda United. Um, go on, Drogheda. And... Uh, now, the first division, for anyone that's not from Ireland, the first division is uh, the second division in Ireland. But, you know, there's only the Premier uh, and the first division. Um, so there's only two divisions in Irish top f uh, football, the pyramid. So, yeah, a very, I mean, unbelievable for a 15-year-old to be playing professional football anywhere, let alone uh, the second division in Ireland for Bray Wanderers as well, a, a big club in Ireland. Um, so in February 2020, in a 2-0 win against Wexford, he scored, and in doing so became the youngest ever scorer for Bray Wanderers at just 16. Um, in July 2020, he left Bray for Brighton, Hove Albion, at 16 years old, um, with three First Division appearances for Bray between February and July of 2020. Um, obviously, he would have made more appearances, you'd imagine, if not for COVID, which hit during that time. 
So he joined Brighton, bang in probably just after the first wave of COVID restrictions. Um, not a great time to go away because you're just leaving home as a 16 year old, you're only young and you can't travel back to Ireland. I'm not sure about England, but it didn't appear to be, I know it was locked down everywhere in the world, but in Ireland it was very, very strict. So, uh, yeah, whether or not you would have been able to travel if, if you know, you had been allowed from England, but definitely it was very, very hard to get in or out of Ireland, even to go down for a bottle of milk. You know, you get arrested by a SWAT team. But, um, yeah, so he went into the Brighton Academy and did well uh, in his first year. You know, he's very... Uh, I've heard the terms Messi, Maradona bantered around, but if you look at highlights of his football, yeah, he really is. He looks to run at players, run around, little touches. You know, he's very uh, skilled, um, exciting player to watch. And as I said, a lot of assists and a lot of goals in him. Um, so anyway, um, in April 2021, he started getting linked with big premiership teams like Man United and Chelsea. Obviously, you'd want to stay away from Chelsea at the moment, but um, back then, the war hadn't happened, hadn't started, so it was still a, a great place to go for young players especially. Um, they must have seen... I, I don't know why they were uh, circling when he was already at Brighton and he'd only just joined... Um, so maybe they saw some opportunity or some gap in his contract or something. I don't know the details of why they all thought they could get him, which you'd imagine wouldn't be the case. But as a result, Brighton sealed him up by signing him to his first professional deal with them in July 21, which was further renewed in August 22, so August last year, a three-year extension. And then in April, just gone last month, uh, a further four-year deal, which now brings him up to the 30th of June, 2027. So really Brighton, you know, the first professional deal isn't on standard. The second one, you know, they're firming up somebody they think is going to be a star and then obviously sign them again, just April gone. So they obviously really highly, highly rate them. Clear, clearly shows fate from both the club has in him and also he has in the club because you wouldn't tie yourself up to such a long contract if you didn't, uh, if you felt, you know, you weren't going to play there or it wasn't your final destination, maybe not his final destination, but because by 27, what's that, four years away, you'd only be 23. So, yeah, it, you know, obviously he sees his... His future, um, however long that will be with Brighton, but you know, twenty three, Brighton such a good level. Why would you want to go anywhere else? It's great for developing young players. The current manager as well. He has a lot of faith in young players. So anyway, he made his debut with Brighton in the League Cup match against Cardiff in a two nil win on the twenty first of August in twenty one, coming on as a sub. And in January of this year, he made his Premiership. Uh, league debut as a sub again in a 4-1 victory over Everton 
uh, on the 3rd of January. Uh, these have been the only two appearances for Brighton so far at senior level. Perhaps um, this is Saturday now, the last day of the season is tomorrow. Maybe he might make an appearance, get on the bench. He's been on the bench a fair few times for them. Um, so maybe he might make the bench tomorrow. But again, he is highly thought of uh, at the club. And one they see, obviously, as perhaps uh, as not perhaps breaking into the first team um, right this very second, but one who is definitely breaking into the team in the not-too-distant future. So, you know, I, I expect he'll be a lot more involved next season with them if he doesn't go out on loan. So next season, that leads us into it, he will either be involved in the first team, set up at Brighton, or go on loan, you'd imagine. Because it'd be more beneficial for Brighton, as well as him, but Brighton obviously looking after not just the player, but more them, themselves as well, and how to develop a player. Um, there looks like there's going to be a few, two or three um, people moving on from Brighton, so they'll create opportunities. They're also involved in Europe. So uh, where would he go, you know, on loan? Um, there's lots of options. Just, you know, you'd imagine usually a premiership team, a player will go on loan, maybe lower uh, leagues in England or Scotland. Um, and then just before they're ready to break in to... The first team, they go to the championship on loan, maybe. But for him, I think no lower than the championship. There's already rumours of uh, Stoke, Blackburn and Swansea looking at taking him, who are all established uh, championship uh, teams. Um, none of them in the playoffs, but none of them anywhere near relegation either, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, so, yeah, all of those... Uh, have an Irish contingent and all of them would be good development for him if he was getting week in, week out involvement, minutes. Um, there's no point going anywhere really if you're going to just be sitting on a bench and not playing. So you can do that at Brighton. Um, again, he's already been involved at Brighton and next season you'd imagine he'd be more involved. So if that's all that's going to happen, they're probably only going to loan him somewhere that he's going to be playing week in, week out if not starting week in, week out. Um, so that would usually be the normal appealing option. Um, but, and this is what got me doing the podcast, there is a few uh, other potential, well, really one front runner potential loan move. There's Vitesse, which Brighton have done a lot of deals, loan deals with recently. But maybe the front runner, if he was to leave Brighton, would be Belgium top division uh, pro league team, a team called Royal Union Saint Gilwa. Again, apologies to anyone from Belgium. I know I butchered that. Uh, they finished the regular season in second. Belgium have a bit of a different uh, league system. They have a regular season. And then um, they have what they call the championship, uh, I believe, uh, round. So Royal Union, they finished second, even on points with Genk. 
um, and only uh, second due to goal difference. So they really were as close as you can get to winning the regular season. And then in the championship round, which is still going on, um, as as checked yesterday, now maybe there's matches today, I don't know. I presume there is the last... No, I think they go into June, but um, early June. But uh, they're again second level on points with two games remaining, second to Antwerp. So again, as close to being first as you can possibly get without being first. Uh, why would he go there, you may ask? And this is thanks again to uh, my friend on Twitter who had a great article and this is how I know about it. Um, they're owned by Tony Bloom, who also owns Brighton. And while they say they're around as separate entities, separate operations, I should say, uh, one would imagine it would be a good fit for both player and both clubs. So it looks like a very likely uh, opportunity. For the player, it would offer an immediate route into top flight first team football with Champions League football, hopefully, um, if that's not already guaranteed for uh, for him and for the clubs. Obviously, Brighton get to blow the player they see as a prized jewel now, as opposed to maybe slowly over next season, if he was to stay at Brighton. So next season, at the very highest level in the Belgium League and in Europe, in hopefully the Champions League. So... You know, after a season, he could come back even stronger, go straight into their first team as a proven top-flight pro. And for Union, obviously, they get a high-level player who costs them nothing, helps them strengthen their squad, scores goals, creates assists, uh, for which will be a very busy season for them next season. Um, as I said, Vitesse is another team that Brighton have done... Uh, business with in the past so I wouldn't rule it out but I'd say the championship team staying at Brighton if he's more involved next season or more likely Royal Union Saint-Gilmois uh, would be better options because Vitesse are a mid-table uh, Dutch team with no European football as far as I know next season unless they've won a cup or something um, so yeah uh, Union would definitely be a way better move uh, for him with where they are as a club at the moment and also put him in the shop window again for him and Brighton, no offence to them, they are a selling team they do a very good business um, every year they sell a couple they bring in a few and uh, yeah they're just a well run oiled uh, club really Um you know, they they must make huge profits the last few years, the way they've done business, and they haven't really missed anyone they've let go because they've had people coming up in the wings to replace them. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely an example for a lot of teams now. Um, yeah, and hopefully if you went to Union anyway, you get the minutes um, and the time and hopefully starts. In respect of international football, again, it's just... It would appear, you can never say 100% 
on anything in life or in football, but it would appear it's just a matter of time when Moran is going to be involved in the senior Irish setup. Um, he has represented Ireland at basically all levels up until now, uh, with the exception of the senior side. And, you know, he's not going to get into the senior side without regular first-team football. Um, and that's fair enough and understandable. He has thus far represented Ireland at under 15s, 16s, 17s, 19s and 21s, where he is at the moment. Um, now, he wouldn't be in the 21s side up until now. He's been in squads and then out of squads. Um, but you'd imagine now he's going to be a mainstay in the under 21 side. At only 19, he still has a minimum of three years at under 21's level, which again, at, in, in with Ireland, that's a fairly high level now, um, the under 21's. So if he doesn't break into the senior setup before then, so he has worst case scenario, three years of under 21's football, international under 21's football, before he breaks into the senior team. Again, I wouldn't imagine He's gonna. It's gonna be three years before this guy breaks into the Irish um, senior setup. But either way, it's it's a great scenario for them. Worst case scenario, you get three years of under twenty ones international football. It's it's not a bad gig, is it? You know, for his career. Um, what the future holds for him, I'd imagine he stays at Brighton for the duration of his contract and they'd probably renew it again and then when he's around 25 and a, a main fixture for Brighton they sell him on for a huge price um, but next season if I was to guess he stays at Brighton he becomes more involved with the first team and gets more minutes um, that that would be I'd imagine what would happen um, like he has been on the bench numerous times and he has played for them in the Premiership and in the League Cup, so you can only imagine next season and they're in Europe, so you can only imagine next season and they have a manager that plays youth if he, you know, he play anyone if they're good enough, so you know, I'd imagine that's what's going to happen next season. Um, if not, uh, I'd say the second option, as I said, is Belgium where he's going to hopefully be playing week in, week out, domestically and in the Champions League next season. Um, if he goes to Belgium and he's playing and starting week in, week out and in the Champions League, it'll be hard enough for him to force his way into the senior Irish setup. Uh, then if he was to stay at Brighton, depends how much football he plays. Um if he went to the championship and he was playing week in, week out again, that would probably force him. I'd say that's the third option. But anyway, he's got lots of options, which is a great scenario for a 19-year-old. Um, every option is a great option for him. You know, he's really, there's no negatives at the moment. Um, just needs to get first-team football next season. And the more he gets at a high level, the better for him personally and the better for Brighton from the point of they develop their player, from the point of, you know, they're increasing 
the marketability if they ever decide to sell him you know and the transfer fee they could get so it's a win-win for everybody what happens uh, his future whatever happens his future is probably destined to be at the top top level whether that's Brighton or above um, but we shall see but either way oh great news for again Ireland and uh, all the best to Andrew Moran thanks for listening